Thank you, Kathleen and choir and orchestra. What a beautiful song. We, we've sung about the water of life today. Water is such a powerful, powerful metaphor and, and picture for us to understand our own spiritual walk with God. It, it, it's the river of life that washes us, that, that cleanses us. It's the river, as Psalms 1 would say, it's the river that, that nurtures and nourishes the roots of our lives that allow us to, to produce fruit. And today, as we look to the story of the woman at the well, the water of, of Christ is, is the well of living water that springs forth from within our soul as the Spirit of God dwells within us and brings life. Water is a powerful metaphor. I, I hope that as we are seeking to see Jesus more and more clearly over these next weeks, to see Jesus with 2020 vision that, that you're doing your part. And one of the things and one of the ways that we're asking you to do your part is coming prepared and coming familiar with the scripture that we will talk about each Sunday. And so if you'll notice in your bulletin, there is the scripture passages for next week's uh, worship theme, for next week's scripture focus and sermon focus and i would encourage you i would ask you to come prepared to come ready to reflect on those passages today it gives it gives us a freedom it gives me a freedom to uh to, to do some different things as we're familiar with that text and certainly we want to do that today if you would turn with me to john chapter 4 it's a, it's a powerful story. It's a beautiful story. Again, I hope some of you have, have been praying and meditating and reading over this passage over these last days. But I want to just read uh, just a few of these verses, uh, probably more than, than most of them, but, but not all of them. So if you'll follow with me, the, the entire story goes from John 4 to verse 1 to about uh, verse 45. We want to read some selected verses in there. Let's begin in verse 3. And gives us the context that Jesus left Judea and he went away again to Galilee. He was, he was in Judea in that Jerusalem area going up to Galilee, to his hometown area by the Sea of Galilee and, 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 and there to his hometown area uh, just west of the Sea of Galilee. And they decided to go through Samaria. But notice what it says. It says he had to pass through Samaria. There, there was something that drove Jesus in this instant to take the shortcut through Samaria. He was impressed by the Spirit of God that, that he needed to go that way. You've, you've experienced that, haven't you? you? You don't know why, but for some reason God is directing or leading you in this particular path or, or direction. It's not what you've normally done. But God is leading you to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, and near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. Now remember the patriarchs. You've got Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Uh, this is the big three. And, and in the Samaritan in their area, and if you're familiar with the, 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 the animosity, the, the, the prejudice and discrimination that took place between the Jews and the Samaritans, the Samaritans owned the land where Jacob's well was, where the patriarch's well was. That was huge. That was big. And so, as Jesus is passing through Samaria, he comes across to Jacob's well. 
So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Now, I'm going to understand this to be about noon. That would be the Jewish clock. I think that's the time that John uses, especially as we get towards the, the crucifixion passion story. Uh, the Roman time would be more about 6 o'clock that, that evening. But I think it's probably at the heat of the day, around noon, uh, that, that Jesus arrives. And there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? Now, now all this, the, the cultural taboos are, are in jeopardy and in play here. First you have, have a man and a woman, strangers. And the cultural taboos to not engage each other. You have a, a Jew and a Samaritan, not supposed to, to engage each other. And this Jewish woman, uh, this Samaritan woman, brings this to, before Jesus as he asks her for a drink of water. And then the parentheses there that we'll, we'll come back and visit with in a few minutes. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. Now we, we've got give me a drink twice. It's not, it's not as crude as I think. Give me a drink. It's, it's please give me a drink. It's done in a courteous manner, in a, in a polite manner of someone who, who needs a drink and is asking someone who can provide that drink, would you please give me a drink? So if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And she said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob. Remember, he's one of the big three, the big patriarchs. You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water, this water of Jacob's well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Doesn't that sound good? The woman said to him, Well, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to this well to draw water again. She hadn't made the, the leap to the spiritual aspect that Jesus was talking about. So Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman said to him, Well, I have no husband. And Jesus answered her and said, you have correctly said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. And then we're, we're not going to read the next few verses because she goes on to change the subject. She doesn't want to talk about this. So here we go. We pick up the story uh, in verse 25. So uh, the woman said to Jesus, I know that the Messiah is coming. This follows up on this idea. Well, you, you may be a prophet. I need to listen to you. I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ, when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. He'll, he'll help us to understand these truths that, that your people and my people will argue about. And Jesus said to her, I, I who speak to you 
am he. Again, there's that reference. Jesus is saying, I am he. She would have picked up on that. Someone who knew the patriarchs and knew, knew the stories of, of, of Abraham and Jacob, Isaac, of Moses. And when Jesus said he was him, I am he, he was telling her that, yes, indeed, I am the Messiah. So we'll continue on. The disciples come back. And uh, let me get my verses here because I'm going to follow. Verse 28. So the woman left her water pot and she went into the city and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. Surely this is not the Christ. She thinks it is. Now we'll pick up the story in verse 39. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him. They went out to see Jesus because of the word of the woman who had testified. He told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed there an additional two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. Two strangers... Two strangers meet in the heat of the day at a water well, at Jacob's well. I suspect that both were seeking something to drink. Both were seeking to go to the well when nobody else would be there. I can imagine there were those times in Jesus' life where he was tired of the crowds and he just needed to be away by himself and, and to rest and to think and to, to meditate. And here we are as they're traveling through Samaria. They, they've come to the well and, and he says, guys, I just need, I just need a few moments. I, I just want to sit here by the well. You guys go on into town and, and get something to eat and bring it back. And I imagine this woman married to five men living with the sixth. She didn't want to go to the well when all the other women and people were there as well. She didn't want the stares and the looks and, and to enter into those conversations. So she picked a time when, when she could go and be there by herself, both seeking to avoid the crowds. Both, listen, both with a gift to offer and to give. You see, Jesus was a thirsty traveler vulnerable in a time of need we we see jesus's humanity reflected in this story the woman had come to the well this was if you allow me to use it this way this was her home well this was her home turf this was the well of jacob that her people cherished and loved and and it still provided means and sustenance for them for water she was at her home well and she came with the means to provide water. To provide water for herself, for her family, for those that she would be taking it back to, for a stranger that would come by. In this moment, regardless of her life circumstances, she had the opportunity to show hospitality to the stranger, to the traveler. She had the opportunity to be the gift giver. And I suspect, even though the story doesn't directly say it, 
I suspect as they had their conversation, she offered however much water Jesus wanted to drink as they sat there and as they visited. So I want us to to look at this story in a couple of different ways today. First of all, I want us to begin to look at the barriers that we have to getting a drink of water. Jesus, thirsty, hot in the heat of the day, sitting at a well with nothing to drink. You see, Jacob's well was over a hundred feet deep. Those who came to Jacob's well had to draw their own water from that well, so they had to come prepared with a rope or with a bucket, with a water pot in order to access that water. Those without those implements needed help or they would remain thirsty. There are people all around us, you see, who don't have anything, any resources, any ability of their own to draw with, to draw water with, to draw the needs of life with. Some of these folks are innocent, some are victimized, some are our neighbors, some are just passing through. But each day we come across people with personal limitations, They have nothing to draw with. They are in need. They're vulnerable. And if you or I do not help them, they will remain thirsty. Who will be their gift giver if you or I do not step into that place at different times in the the lives of others? And what about our own need? And our own vulnerability. Do we have the courage just as Jesus did? Do we have the humility just as Jesus did to ask for a cup or a drink of water? Since when did it become a sin to recognize our own need and to realize that we have nothing to draw with and to ask for help? You see, there are times in our lives where we too must, like Jesus did, must recognize our own need and ask others for help. Please, Jesus said, can I have a drink? Can you help me? Can you help me is a natural response and part of living in a family and community with one another. We each have our needs. We each are human. We each have those moments in our lives when we are vulnerable and when we are thirsty and when we are hungry and oh, that we would have the courage to simply say, please, may I have a drink? But there's another barrier I think we see here to getting a drink of water. What I'd call cultural barriers. Notice here, I pointed out earlier in in verse 10, there's an editorial edition. This is not a comment that was was shared or made as part of the the conversation between uh, between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. It was already understood by them. But for us who would read the Gospel of John later, this is helpful to us. And, And this addition this this edit says in parentheses in my translation it says for jews have no dealings with samaritans what if i said better said what what if it went more like this in the in the colloquial in the language of the day 
Some scholars would say better translated like this. Jews do not use the dishes. Samaritan Jews. Did you hear that? Jews do not use the dishes that Samaritan Jews. Wow. How offensive is that? Can you believe that people are so prejudiced towards others that they would not even use the same dishes as someone else just because they might be of a different religion, culture, race, political persuasion? Well, that would never happen here in America, would it? Could it? Certainly dated, 1940, 3940, a cafe. Well, we've got the, the colored door and we have the white door because we can't share dishes with each other. A picture in North Carolina. Well, that's North Carolina, that's the South. Same year. Picture at the Oklahoma City bus station. Drinking from the, the colored water fountain here. 20 years later, 1959, Katz Drugstore, sit-in. African-American children there, an adult sitting at the counter that was for whites only. Surely we don't use the same dishes, do we? My son in his English class at Norman North introduced me to a book about the killers of the flower moon, the story of the Osage murders in the 1920s. And it unpacks in a very real way how here in Oklahoma and in this nation, the, the discrimination, the forced assimilation that was thrust upon Native Americans. Because well, we don't use the same dishes that they use. You see, prejudice and discrimination continue producing violence and oppression among all races, among all religions and peoples of different cultures and political persuasions. Institutional segregation may be illegal, but formal and informal expressions of segregation continue to be all around us. Today, in 2020, Many people still, use, still refuse to use the dishes that Samaritans use. So church, as we read this story, as we look into the scripture, how do we break down these barriers? How do we break down these barriers in our culture? How do we break down these barriers in our own families, in our own lives? Church, our desire is to see Jesus clearly with, with 2020 vision. And I think this story helps us. You see, at the well of our common need, Jesus is able to break down cultural, religious, and gender barriers. At the well of our common need, it shouldn't matter what color my skin is, where I worship, if I live on the street or in the house, or how I understand my sexuality. If I am thirsty, you should give me a drink. If I am hungry, you should give me something 
to eat. At the well of our common need, we should all be gift givers, helping those around us who have nothing to draw from or with. And in so doing, those barriers will begin to fall. With the presence of Christ, living water will begin to flow. Oh, it's all throughout John's gospel. In the next chapter, Jesus comes across at the pool of Bethesda, a man who has been sick and laying at the pool for 30 years. Oh, and and the discrimination, the oppression. Well, he was sick. That means he did something really bad, or his parents did. He's been here for 30 years. God is after him. We want to stay away from those folks. We don't want to drink from there or eat from their dishes, do we? Because God's getting them. And Jesus comes by this man and he says, Sir, do you want to be well? He he meets him in his common need and he says, Do you want to be well? Pick up your mat and walk. A few chapters later, at the story of the woman caught in adultery again, this woman brought before Jesus, ridiculed, judged already, humiliated, yes, caught in the midst of her sin. And what does Jesus say? He says, oh, I I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. To the woman at the well in John 4, Jesus saw this woman who was thirsty. She'd come to the well too, right? She'd come to get water so that she could be nourished physically. But Jesus saw a greater, deeper thirst within her. And Jesus said to her, at their common point of need at the well, said to her, Can I give you something to drink? Please, let me give you something to drink. For you see, she had come to the water well with nothing to draw with. You see, her thirst went beyond her physical need. She was thirsty at the depths of her soul. But sometimes we do not know how to ask. And sometimes we don't know who to ask. Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God to this woman, if you knew, if you knew the gift of God and that he had living water that would come and bring eternal life to you, then surely you would ask. Let us give thanks for the initiative of of God, for, for the initiative of the Son who sees our deep, deep thirst and asks us, if we would like a drink from his well. Never thirst again. Never thirst again. Living water that refers to the coming of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7 specifically, it refers to the, the Holy Spirit who fills us from the inside with an inexhaustible supply of thirst quenching water to satisfy us from within. After all, isn't that where our great thirst comes from? From within? You see, we drink the salty water of this world, thinking that it will meet our need, but it only makes us thirstier. 
The woman paused. Are you the Messiah? I am. I am He. Again, listen in John 7, verse 37. I referred to it just a second ago. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Jesus spoke of the Spirit of God, whom those who believed in him would receive. But the Spirit was yet given. And then those last verses of the, the Bible, in the book of Revelation, listen to the words of Jesus in Revelation 21.6. Jesus says, I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life. And like Jesus, who was unable to access the water of, Jesus, of Jacob's well, the Samaritan woman had nothing to draw in order to receive this living water. So let's talk about the barriers that we experience when it comes to the living water of the Spirit of God. Sometimes they're the same as the barriers we experience in our pursuit of natural water. We have nothing to draw with. Jesus says, tell me about your husband. Well, I'm not married. Well, you're right. You've been married five times, and now you're living with, with another man. Jesus revealed to this woman that she had nothing to draw with. She came to the well spiritually, relationally, and socially broken. She was thirsty. You see, she knew about the externals of religion. She, she knew about Jacob's well. She, she knew about where to worship. She might have said, well, I, I'm religious, but not spiritual. Sounds like us today, doesn't it? We, we say it the other way. I'm spiritual, not religious. But the results are the same. We have nothing to draw with from the well of water springing up to eternal life. Our souls and our spirits, spirits are parched from the salty waters of our empty spirituality, our empty quests, and our empty religious pursuits. So church, how do we taste of this living water? Well, we must look to Jesus as our example and ask as he did. Jesus was thirsty and he asked for water. And look to Jesus, who is the gift giver, who said, if you only knew of the water that I had, you would ask. Ask me so that I can give you a drink. Jesus, please give me a drink. Rudolf Boltman, a significant theologian of the 20th century, said this, once a man has tasted this drink, he will never seek any other means of quenching his thirst. With living water springing forth from her now that she had tasted the living water of Christ, this woman rushed back to her hometown to tell her friends and to tell her neighbors. Listen to what she said to, to her friends and her neighbors. She said, this man, he told me all the things I had done. I don't think it was good things, right? He told me all the things I had done. 
I, I think she said this with joy and excitement. For this revelation, this revealing that Jesus had, had done in encountering her was not condemnation. It was liberating. It was life-giving. Because why? Because you're, you're so thirsty and empty and parched. Let me fill you with the living water of Christ. And she went back and said, oh, this guy told me about all I had done. And he filled me with his living, this living water. And she went back to share. Now, isn't it interesting that she left behind her water pot? That's the only reason she went to the well, right? Was to, to fill her water pot up, to get a drink, get a, get a full pot of water so she could go back and, and, and give water to her family and for herself for the rest of the day and the evening. And she left her water pot behind. <laughs> wow. But maybe she really didn't leave her water pot behind because she did not need that kind of water pot to share of the living water she had just tasted. She had gone to the well because she needed to take water back. However, she returned with living water. She offered her life a new water pot, if you would. She offered her life as that source of living water. Come and meet Jesus. He gave me living water. And many of the Samaritans came and believed. Well, certainly she went back with, with some of the men at that time. Certainly she would have retrieved her water pot. And certainly she would have continued for the rest of her life to visit Jacob's well for the water that she needed to live. But I believe that never again would she experience the dryness and desperation of life without living water springing up within her unto eternal life. And the story closes with a beautiful statement. Listen to this. Listen to those that she went to tell initially. They said, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and we believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. In other words, the living water that you shared with us is now flowing and springing up within us. Yes, we needed to drink from the living water from you. But at some point, we have to accept and receive that. At some point, our children have to accept their, the faith of Christ for themselves. They, they can't continue to taste the living water that comes from us all of their lives. It, it has to become their living water. It's the Spirit of God indwells them. And here is this testimony, is that, oh, we don't, we don't need that from you anymore because the Spirit of God is now indwelling us and flowing deeply and richly from us into eternal life. You see, there are times in all of our lives when we must drink from the life and testimony of others. But ultimately, we must all come to that place where the living water of God spring for, springs forth from us. So this morning, my question for each of us is Are you thirsty? The gift of God is living water. And today, you too can ask for Jesus to give you a drink to refresh and renew your soul and to give you eternal life.
And if you are already drinking from this well of living water, will you today offer a drink to someone else? Let's pray. Father, what a simple message that we see today from, from the well. Jesus asking for a drink and offering an invitation for this woman to ask for a drink of living water from Him. Lord, if, if we're to see Jesus clearly, we have to see Him breaking down those barriers. Those, those barriers that would say it's okay for Him to, to, to visit with a, a Samaritan. It's okay for Him to, to visit with someone who, who worshipped a little different than He, was, he did. It, it's okay for Him to visit with someone of a different culture, racial background okay because at the at the well of our common need we must learn to share and to give father there are those here today that that so desperately need to drink from your living water and and we would pray that today that you give them the courage to ask the courage to come to you and to to seek you and to say oh i'm i'm so thirsty i've tried all these different wells of water but they just leave me thirstier and thirstier today i come Jesus, to drink from the well of your living water. And for those of us, again, that drink, may today we realize that we have a gift. We have water overflowing from within us to share and to give to others that are thirsty. Oh, that we would, oh, that we would offer a drink in the name of Jesus. This morning as we sing, I, I pray that God is stirring in your hearts and, and I invite you to a time of obedience, whatever that would mean in your life. If, if you'd like to visit more about what that would look like, you come and our staff, our, our deacons would visit with you and encourage you that you be faithful and obedient. Come forward if you'd like to pray and to visit. Let's stand and sing together and make our commitments. Amen.